Welcome to another episode of Something to Drink About. Today we're going to be at Hudson House Distillery. And with me today is Charles Perry and Paul Sirius. What's going on, guys? How are you? What's up, man? So, very, very excited to have you on the show. This is this is monumental for us because I followed your history for a little bit now, but I really want you guys to tell our viewers, our listeners right now, like what made you purchase this property here in West Park and ultimately decide to open a distillery? Our love for monumental tasks and how to overcome them. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> this is this has been a long, long uh, journey, actually, for Paul and myself. We we met. It was twenty years. I mean, it's probably close to twenty years ago. Uh, you were selling our bar. I was on a community board, and I was the only nice guy on the community board that understood business. So he has about. Yeah, that. he. Uh, I was. Uh, it's funny because I had a I had a bar on the, under the Chelsea Hotel, the infamous Chelsea Hotel. In Third Street, and uh, there was some crazy residents that just hated any type of business or anything at all, and they just Nimbies. hated me. Yeah, they just, they just hated me. So, Paul is so funny. I was going to the board to sell the place, and um, the residents showed up with like, I mean, they were yelling, signs. screaming. I mean, it's signs like berating me. They didn't know who I was, but they were just <laughs> nasty, and it was like it's like shocking. Like I was like I was like the devil, but they had a board. And out of all the people on the board, they were kind of rallying to this cause of the people that were there. There was one guy on the end. You were on the end. I, I was you were sitting on the end. I was sitting, sitting on the end. And he was almost like, shut the F up to these people. It was almost like he, he couldn't even be bothered. He was like, it makes no sense what they're doing. He saw through kind of what was going on. And I was like, I kept on looking over and like, he doesn't know who I am, but he thought he was looking for, it was business and he was trying to keep people on track. And he was from, from the end, just trying to get people like back in line. I'm like, God, the one guy who's helping me out here. So that's how we, that's how we really that's met. How we first met. That's how we first met, you know, and, and from there. And then, you know, I got to know him and how he's doing different things for the, the city in New York nightlife association. He had other venues and we had just a great connection, you know, from that point on. So fast forward to 2013, yeah. uh, you're doing a party at one of my venues on the Lower East Side, the DL. Uh, you're sponsoring a party. It was a Starvaca event. Um, and we were sitting at my uh, service bar drinking Starvaca, um, talking about how we could get my connections together with your connections and then do this private label spirit idea and then kind of went through that a little bit and then from there we said well maybe we need to have a destination and just figure this out and just find a place where have people a place can yeah but that you know that was a whole other problem because how do you find a destination distillery that doesn't exist really I mean, yeah. there really was no destination besides Napa like yeah. vineyards did a great job but there wasn't anything like a destination craft distillery yeah and where we were looking initially it was just the distillery there were no weddings there was no events there was no hotel there was none of that other extra stuff but then as we kind of started talking about the process and Charles's wife being a, 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 a wedding event planner uh, a wedding planner uh, it made the most sense to say okay well now we can have wedding and events well, if we're doing a distillery and they're coming in to drink, well, maybe we should have a place for them to stay and let's maybe figure out the hotel part of it. Yeah. And hospitality just kind of folded right into that. That's nice. how we got here. And then, you know, just stumbling upon this, this property was, you know, this was many years in the search, the search process of like looking all over and like, how do you find an iconic 
location. It's almost impossible, really. Because you could find land. We looked at pieces of land. And we're like, yeah. can we make something there. here? There was there's nothing, nothing there. there. Like, we were literally kind of looking at almost anything, but it really wasn't what this We started was. talking to other developers in the area that had been here forever, looking at the tax breaks and benefits and trying to see maybe our model would fit in with theirs. But it never worked out. And then we just kind of stumbled on this property, and it was actually a bite size that we could we could kind of chew off on our own. I mean, wasn't that... It was, uh, it was fascinating, you know, is um, that uh, we found it. But, you know, the biggest problem with, with a place like this being a monastery for over 100 years, there was no zoning. You know, how do you zone a craft waterfront craft distillery hotel event venue? We went for we went for the big Kahuna, which is yeah. which is honestly no easy task. Yeah. I mean, no easy task. This could take decades if if it all even happening. So it was zoned residential, and so what we had to do was we had to convince everybody that we needed a text amendment because if we didn't get the text amendment, we couldn't do what we wanted to do. And so at the time, the town was actually thinking this corridor of 9W was going to be like this new development of an influx of businesses, craft or whatever, but an influx of businesses because they saw a lot of of, of properties going on sale and land and turnaround. And so um, through a lot of push and pull, we were able to get the text amendment done. and then once we got that done, we were able to just kind of start going the, through our process of getting everything approved. That's when our six years of hell began. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we thought it beginning. was hard leading yeah. up to it. The six years of hell was... Because text brutal. amendments usually take about two years. Ours came in about two weeks. It was crazy. It was, they they yes. knew that they wanted this in the area. So it just it, fit right in. They, yeah. It fit right into what they were trying to do. Benefit to the governor's office, I will say, because they had it had to come from the state level. Mm-hmm. So the town believed in this project, believed in what we were doing, they had to pitch it to the state. The state was like, this is incredible. It, nothing's ever been done like this, really, in the country, uh, to have a waterfront you know, distillery with a hospitality component. They jumped and said they nominated a priority project for the region. Uh, and that kind of paved the way. And, you know, the state doesn't move for anything. Yeah. Yeah, and they quickly, I mean, it was very quick. And we're like, this is it. Yeah. The stars have aligned. This and is where it's going to be. That was the other, that was the other uh, premise for us to kind of go forward with things like the Empire State Development Grant, which actually helped us out a lot, um, and really uh, getting involved with that part of local government because that actually helped us in a lot of ways. The county wanted us as a, as a, as a premier project and as a destination. The state does as well. Um, and I think the town is happy that we're here and we're happy that we're finally open. Well, yeah. Some for the most part. But the ones know, that can't be happy. The yeah. ones that can't be happy. Well, I'm sorry. You know, we went through we went through a really difficult time because it wasn't like um, when you're trying to do a project this massive with different all these components. You know, when I digest what transpired, it took us almost three years just to get the site plan approved. I mean, just to get off the ground, it took two and a half plus years. Um, and looking back on it, you know, we were very frustrated. We had, we were battling with unelected officials who are on a, on a planning board and uh, they're maneuvering through laws that really aren't, this is really all new. So when I kind of look back on it and I say like, all right, well, what things did we do wrong? What did they do wrong? You know, they didn't know. We couldn't say, hey, go out to California. These guys have done it. Let's follow them. Mm-hmm. There was nothing. There was nothing to do like that. So we kind of had to push through 
uncharted territory, all of us, them as well as us. And so, you know, it wasn't all on them, wasn't all on us. The problem we had was, you know, if we had a list of everything we needed to do and we could knock off that list and say, here it is, let's get the site plan. It was always like three things, four things. Oh, wait, there's more and there's more and there's more. And that's where the frustration became because communication was terrible on both sides. But we also, when we went for all of our approvals, we went from everything from top down, Mm -hmm. not knowing what we were going to be able to do from a phased approach during construction. So we went in knowing that at least the 25 rooms were going to be approved. The restaurant was going to be approved. The, 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 the distillery, the events, all of that was going to be approved, which gave us a little bit more leeway to say, okay, now that you've approved everything, this is what we're actually able to produce for years one, two, and three. And so here's where we're at. And that's kind of where we opened. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it was, uh, very interesting, (laughs) but here we are. Yeah. Here we are now, and um, obviously you're looking around. We're, we're here right now, but it's uh, it's the transformation is it's night and day. I mean, yeah, yeah. we do what we wanted to do too is with the experience of the Hudson House and bringing people into this world is is really doing more a lot of more tours with people. So it's not just about the distillery and what we create here, which we'll get into, which is phenomenal, but it's about showing people the before and afters and really letting them hear this story because that's as much as part of the history. The history and then our struggle are, are really all in, incorporating into this experience. And then we, so we try to do is we walk people through with an iPad Pat, show them before and afters of each room, tell them about the history of the property leading up to its new life, which is right now. Um, and I think that that's an interesting because we want people to learn. We want them to learn as much as we're learning. We're learning more things about the property, and we're trying to teach people when they come on the property. So it's uh, it's kind of, and I think that creates more of a loyalty. They're more excited to be here. Uh, they'll believe, you know, they'll believe in the Hudson House experience, and hopefully they're lifelong customers, guests. Uh, going forward. I've gotten great response from local people. Uh, I've just had a couple of regulars already starting to show up on a regular basis. Um, so the response has been amazing. Uh, we're really happy That's about great. it. I mean, you, you already gave me the tour of the place and it's it's massive and yeah, it's amazing to see all these intricate pieces of history that you've been able to save and salvage and ultimately make better and restore and also be able to look back and say, hey, listen, this is what it used to be and this is what we believe this was. And you were telling me how you guys were piecing history together by yep. talking to the, to the brothers themselves that were here. Yep. Um, so, I mean, that's that, that's all incredible. And, I mean, not only do you guys have this, like, historical component, but you're also, like you said, giving this whole venue a brand new life and a brand new purpose, and it's really going to add to the Hudson Valley as a whole. There was a lot of pleading with this property. We were like, please, please, your new life is going to be wonderful. This property fought us every tooth and nail. It did not well, want to change. Well, the property actually was, it wasn't so bad. I think we, 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 we had the perfect storm of, of hills and mountains that we had to overcome. I mean, no one expected COVID to happen, and that kind of set us back, especially when we started construction at the end of 19. Um, but we were deemed essential because we were able to produce alcohol and hand sanitizer once we got open. So that was good for us. But, um, yeah, it's... The hurdles have been high, but they've been worth it. They really have. No. Well, looking back, yeah, living. You know, when you live through tough times, it's not. Uh, it's not too fun. And uh, there was probably about three or four times that we had, you know, basically looked at each other. We thought the roadblocks were just insurmountable, and said, you know, do we do we just bail? You know, do we do we sell it? Do we move on? Is this not meant to be? Um, you know, you question yourself a lot of times when you're going through a six year process, and you're like, will this ever happen? Will this be what we really wanted it? to be. I mean, is it going to be that? 
And that's the hardest and, thing, we going through that. And I think when we closed on the property, I don't think either one of us in our wildest imagination ever thought it was going to be a six-year process. We didn't. We, I think at the no. best, we thought it was probably yeah. two to three years till we were able to get open. But COVID really set us back. I mean, we were really, we are supposed to be open end of 2020. Yeah. We just couldn't make that happen because of construction uh, setbacks and, and everything else. Uh, but, uh, yeah, here we are, and we're happy. It's yeah. amazing. And you guys are producing some incredible spirits. I mean, you've got a bourbon, you've got a rye. I mean, let's let's talk about that because it's, sure. like it's a it's an Empire State product. Um, yes, both of them are. Yeah, both of them are, are incredible, too. Like, And they're not ridiculously high on the proof. Like, they're very full-bodied, very very complex spirits. I mean, I, I, I want to hear from you guys, like, how, how did that all come about? I mean, you drank half a bottle already, man. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it <was not> easy. <laughs> it's dangerous. Um, well, just take a step back. You know, the property is the Hudson House. We wanted everything that we do here. Either we can create it on site, about, and it's about our brands and the experience here, or we're going to partner with like-minded craft purveyors in the area to create stuff like our Hudson House wine portfolio, which is in partnership with the Millbrook Winery. Um, so things like that. So when you come into our shop and you come here, um, rest assured that we have vetted and we want to make sure that everything is top notch, uh, worthy of the guest experience. So worthy of everything they're going to try here and have here, purchase here from our shirts to our hats is really been vetted over and over. Sometimes more vetted than <laughs> there's too many, a lot of meetings we do about what really we want to showcase and what, what would us as, as, as buyers, if we were walking in here, what would we really want? And would we, would we, are these shirts worthy of that? And so that's, that's kind of, we want to take a step back before we go forward with what we're doing. But it's really important to us that we put out the best of the best. Um, and now leading it to the, our, our spirits, we want to start with a whiskey line. We were fortunate enough um, to develop a relationship with Finger Lakes Distillery early on, uh, many years ago, where they were putting away barrels um, that we knew at some point in the future we were going to have to pull those barrels to use for our blends because the problem with whiskey is time, and we don't have time. <laughs> we lost a lot of time. Yeah. So when we fire up our still end of this year, it's going to take time for us to incorporate those things into our, our, our booze. So we needed uh, a partnership that we could trust that was doing stuff that we believe in and that we could actually pull those barrels and have our blends ready to go and when we open. And Finger Lakes also has a very very similar mindset. They pull locally from just about everything. I mean, we're probably going to source a lot of our grains from the Finger Lakes region because we do not have that kind of grain production here in the Hudson Valley. It's just not available to us. Um, but they pull locally. They source locally. Um, everything about what they do is kind of on the local end or they're in a long row of, of wineries and breweries up there that just it just you know they're all kind of part of their community up there as well so it's kind of what we're doing down here with ours also the um, you know the corn's non-gmo so the base of our, of our bourbon is non-gmo corn and I think that's extremely important obviously with a lot of gmos have taken over farms and the spread of those seeds so you know being up the finger lakes you know it's it's the farms are trustworthy obviously they, they have they have long-term relationships up there so we also wanted to incorporate that as well as Doing everything as possible, everything non-GMO for our for our grains. Yeah, so it's like a super super sustainable product, and um, as, as I mentioned before, like having tried it, it is really 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 good. Um, and just you know, let's just touch about the the, uh, the packaging, yeah, and stuff yeah, like that before. Grab, grab that bottle over there. Yeah. <laughs> the um, so when we started talking about this, and this has been a, again. We have ta- taken so many, so much time to develop the actual visual of the package, not just the juice inside. And 
it was kind of painstaking because it took us months and months, especially with COVID. If you want to make one change, it's a, it's a month delay because you, to get, to get another sample. I mean, it became one, we spent a lot of money getting this package the way it is. Uh, and we, we really, we believe, we love it. It's gorgeous. And we want to explain everything that we went to, to potential customer, uh, going forward. But when you look at the actual Black Creek, uh, it's a custom font up top. We had an incredible art. He's really an artist. He's a graphic designer. Um, through my sister-in-law who works with this individual, he is a genius. Um, so we had a vision of actually what was the Black Creek going to be like. And Paul and I had a long time ago done a, uh, a we, we hiked the Black Creek Preserve. Mm-hmm. And the fascinating thing about that is the first thing you go across is this awesome suspension bridge. So we tell everyone, go up to the Black Creek Preserve. It takes you, meanders you to the Hudson River. I mean, yeah. and we went on together. We're like, this is so beautiful, and I think that's kind of where maybe the Black Creek uh, the name, name, came name came from. We're like, well, we knew we, we knew we were going to name the house and the property something separate from the line of spirits, and so out of the gate, and we also knew that we wanted our line of spirits to really touch about the history that's local here. So I would love to do a line of spirits for a woman named Sojourner's Truth because she just you know she's right up the road, or you know look at the Kingston Fire and 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 think about that for maybe even a cinnamon whiskey. So we wanted to take the local history and incorporate it back into all of our crops. And so Black Creek being such a cool name, a cool preserve and a cool little estuary that actually was a, a thoroughfare of traffic. It's phenomenal. So, uh, yeah, so we, t- I took pic- we had pictures of the bridge itself and, and the visual of like, walking on the bridge. And so one day I was just like, how are we going to get this? How are we going to get that essence onto this bottle? And I actually had, was drawing sketches. I was with my wife. And I'm like, I'm just going to sketch this out. And I was sketching the bridge and how, how it was. I was sending it to John, our, our this designer guy, and we sent pictures to him. We said, we really kind of want to incorporate this. You know, it's, tar- it's tough to figure that out. So he literally hand drew the picture on the Black Creek bottle. Wow. I mean, it's stunning of the bridge, the trees, and the intricacies of that drawing was was phenomenal. We're like, this is it. He nailed it. He nailed it. Um, and it's in the both lines, so our rye and our bourbon is called Founders First Selection, right? We do things a little bit differently here. Everything is limited batch, okay? So this is batch one of both. When batch one is sold out, it is gone. You will not see that again because batch two will have a slightly different flavor profile. Batch three, batch four, batch five. There will be a collection uh, of batches within the Founders First. Once we reach that end, which will be five or six batches, so, so people can collect all of them, Founders First will go away. That'll be it. And we'll have a new label come out. So something new will come out for our customers. So it's all about collectability, drinkability, but also, you know, people can hold on to the bottles and, and grow with us over the years as we have different, different lines coming out. And we're actually going to add on to certain aspects of Black Creek. So there'll be a super premium that'll come down the road. That'll come from Marbali and maybe a master blender that we'll work with or things like that. When we're looking at a blended version of that. So really just really, yeah, really cool, interesting things. We're already, our wheels are turning over the next few years of what we're going to introduce to people, keep them excited and interested. Um, but then when we did the rye, which was fascinating, the rye, we, we wanted the picture to kind of be different. You know, we didn't want it to be all the same. So the cool thing is our designer actually thought of this. Since it's a true empire rye, we, he put a little sign on the bridge. So when you see the bottles, you'll see a little sign with an empire rye symbol on the bridge, which is really cool. S- cool little things. And we're thinking of in the future, like maybe there's a holiday blend where there's no leaves. There's snow on the on the bridge. Maybe you see Santa, Santa sticking his head out of the, of the trees. So you know, think, yeah, really like, Look for the Ninas in Hirschfield. It's that kind of thing. <laughs> like really, really fun <laughs> stuff that uh, I think our customers will love. And enjoying, they already are loving and enjoying. But also with the packaging, um, 
we looked we looked at the glass bottle and then we went through a long process of trying to figure out what was the what reminisced this property what was sexy beautiful um, and we settled on a beautiful tall bottle slightly tapered um, that had a really wonderful look to it now it's called the colonel and the first owner of the, the house was a colonel <laughs> yeah how weird is that that is so crazy yeah it was meant it's some things were meant to be when we think about the these things yeah it's the colonel the colonel bottle um in this business, and we try to talk about this all the time because you would never understand it unless you have to go through it. Most glass is made from China and made from India. The problem with that is it has traces of lead in it, and you actually have to do a special wash process to clean out the inside of that bottle. When you go through tours, I tell everyone, ask the next tour you do, where is your glass from? Because we think it's extremely important. Ours glass is made in the USA. It's made in Pennsylvania from a 100-year-old glass factory. We trust. We know it. It's been around. The the EU and the U.S. have the highest regulations for glass. Unfortunately, uh, glass made in China is rampant, and they are the biggest producers around the world, and it's super cheap. I mean super cheap. I get I get emails every week from glass companies in China that reach out on LinkedIn and everywhere. They want our glass business. We will not do it because you just don't know washing it out. To me, it just it's not worth it. It's not worth it. You know, we, we're all about, if we're putting non-GMO corn and stuff like that, we're worried about what's going into the bottle, right? We're worried about what you're pouring into your glass and you enjoying it. So we just couldn't go that route. We pay probably six times the price. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's astronomical. Yeah, we but could probably was, get glass bottles for probably about 29 cents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cents. It's Easy. a joke. We're paying over, almost a buck a bottle. Over. It's a, it's like, it, so it's like, so it, it, it was the right thing to do because you look at this property. If we're going to talk the talk, we better walk the walk. And that's why we want to explain to everyone what we went in, what goes into this bottle. And you should know the glass as well as the label, everything. The labels are made in the USA. So everything should make sense and it should all flow together. To us, if we did bought something from China, we'd be a fraud. We would our, not be being true. Our whiskey doesn't touch, except for a vinyl hose, our whiskey doesn't touch anything other than stainless steel once we start actually handling it. And that's important because, you know, we want to try to keep that, that the, the flavor as, as close to what it's supposed to be as possible without allowing any sort of inhibitors from, from porous material. So stainless is kind of the way we go. So it's the same with everything. Our top is mahogany. I mean, a mahogany with a real cork. So, you know, and then to top it all off, we're not done spending money. We'll put a security tamper proof uh, tape over the side. So, you know, yeah. we, we wanted a product that was going to kind of show the level of, um, uh, luxury that we're trying to kind of pull off here, but it's an approachable luxury. You know, it's it's for everybody. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful bottle. But uh, you know, back and back to the top. What Paul was saying, you know, most brands are coming out with the plastic tops. It infuriates me. It goes in the garbage. It's in a landfill. It's plastic. Why? Because it's cheap. It's super cheap. I mean, again, a mahogany real cork top is not cheap. It's expensive, but it's sustainable. You know, it replenishes, you know, things like that. So stuff like that is so important to us. We want to really get a, get across to everyone that, you know, everything had a purpose and a reason here. And we overthought things. We spent more on this bottle because it is a luxury product representing a luxury brand. Um, but also, you know, what Paul touched on, the strip itself, the strip took us so long to design because we were sizing things. It's too small. Oh, my gosh it's small it's intricate because when you tip it up you'll see the hudson house brand on the top we thought about every little detail from even the back label to the front label everything was a visual how is a customer going to look at it how are they going to turn the bottle so we overthought everything and it's 
It shows. It's keep, a beautiful product. But keep in mind, each of our bottles don't necessarily just represent the brand and the spirit that's in the bottle. It represents this house and it represents this property. So we're kind of like a dual, you know, we're dual. I, there are very few places. There are very few spirits, I think, that exude a place, right? You know, most of the distilleries that are doing tours started doing tours after the fact, mm-hmm. right? We set this up. We bought equipment so that it would be showcase equipment. We set this whole thing up so that... We, when you come here, you're going to be impressed. And we want people to be impressed. We want them to be amazed by what you can do. And be it, you know, you know, we think we're very approachable in terms of how we've priced everything out, et cetera. And we've gotten so much great response from everybody. It's It's been phenomenal. Yeah. So. I mean, we really, you know, we overthought the guest experience here. No, we didn't. <laughs> no, we didn't. I don't think we did. I don't think I you think can. We, I don't think you can overthink the guest experience, and I think that's how we got here. You know, and I think that's we do have to visualize the experience. People right. walking through. They, we blew out these windows to create a view shed to our deck. Right. I mean, that was the visual experience. You have. You walk in here. You're pulled through the bar. But like yeah. like we were talking about on your tour, you know, we made this for a, a multitude of audiences. You know, this is for you know brides who are looking for a place to get married. This is for the whiskey drinker or the whiskey connoisseur. This is for the leafers who come up to Hudson Valley in the autumn who are looking for a place to go. This is for, you know, the family who's trying to get out of the city for a week, for a day, or this is for the Airbnb guests. It's for a multitude of people that can come here uh, and experience the property. And so we wanted to kind of, you know, basically touch on a lot that would, that would catch everybody's eye. No, that's incredible. I mean, the whole thing you guys are doing, it's essentially like set up yourselves and you've created this product and this brand. Um, and it's all surrounded by the guest experience, and I'm guessing a lot of your overthinking, so you say, is because you guys both come from a hospitality background. So, like, you're putting yourselves in the guest shoes, and you're thinking, if I was a guest, what would I want? What would I expect? And it shows with every detail in in this whole house. I mean, just the back part alone, like the design, the, the fact that you're able to keep that intact and importance of it and how every single room has its own separate function like kudos to you and I think the Hudson Valley is going to be very very lucky to have you guys here kind of leading the way with not just your products but your hospitality and your service right well we're looking forward to it (laughs) thanks let's talk about the distillery itself like the, the whole process there I mean how did you guys get into distilling do you have a background in distilling well, he started with a vodka brand, mm-hmm. and um, as soon as I knew I was going to own a distillery, I started um, just just reading and taking classes. But a lot of it came from Gable. I got to be honest with you, a lot of what I learned came from my conversations with Gable Lorenzo, and you know, having him on as our as our as our chief distiller. Uh, obviously, it was a huge, huge devastation to us when we found out that he passed. Um, we were with him. We were finishing up. He was starting that Monday actually um, to start working for us full time and going on salary, um, going away from his consultancy with us. Uh, so it was, it was a little bit hard, but, um, through Gable, I, that's where I learned a lot of what, what we're doing now. Um, but the passion, as soon as I knew I was going to do it, I was like, Oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be something I'm really into. You go, so I geek out. Over. You don't go to school for distilling, you know, unfortunately growing up, you know, at least maybe, maybe now you can, you can, there's, you can, there, you can. there's distillers. There's no, well, I feel like, shine you. <laughs> I feel like anything in life, you know, you, you, to go to school for something, I think you have to find out what you love. 
And when you love something, you will teach yourself. You will yeah. find out every intricacies about it. Uh, Paul and I put the put the whole thing together. The still, we had no experience. People were shocked. They're like, oh, well, are you an engineer? No, no. If you love what you do, you will figure, figure it out. out. And we spent a few weeks on a scaffolding, putting all the pipes on, hooking it up. How is this thing working? And we we. It was the best two weeks because we understood this whole th- whole process well, of what it was. It, it actually got that. That was probably you know trial by fire, right? So you know, you learn how to use. You know, how did how did you get? My mom threw me in the deep end of a pool, and that's how I learned how to swim. It's the same thing. You know, we had to figure it out. Now, once we did that, we had a much better understanding of how everything was going to work for our still and how everything was work. Uh, Coat, you know, they, they, they had offered, you know, it would have been another $15,000 for us to have somebody come out and set it up for us. But what good would that have done? You know, we wouldn't yeah. have learned at that point. So, uh, but the passion is really deep inside of us. I think both of us, you know, are really excited about the brands that we're going to be creating and the brands we've created, the products we're going to be creating. We, we take pride in that. We love the fact that people can walk away and enjoy themselves with it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just everything that I love about hospitality kind of wrapped up and not only a bottle, but a beautiful place. Yeah, and even the, you know, from the distillery perspective, that was it was the basement of the monastery, and we gutted that thing, and it was we had a conveyor belt to push rock and rubble out of there. I mean, it was a daunting task. Plus, we had to put all, our, all of our infrastructure. And we had a jackhammer, twelve inch thick concrete. We thought it was six. We had guys jackhammering for weeks yeah. to channel out all the septics, which conjoined two buildings to build. We basically had to overbuild our infrastructure because later on we add the hotel rooms. We couldn't dig up the, the ground again, so we had to spend money that may never be seen. You know, no, people a lot of what, a lot of what we did with the bank, you're not going to be able to see because it's a lot of infrastructure, uh, and then the rest of it was out of pocket. You know, out of pocket. On yeah. So we, we we spent and spent and spent, but fortunately, when we start, when we're ready to start doing the second floor, it's plug and play. The piping is already there. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the building can then support the expansion. So you know, it, it's a very hard thing to go through because it costs a lot of money to do that. Uh, but it was again, but you it was bite the, the right bullet. thing to do. You yeah, have you to bite do. the bullet, and then at the end of the day. You're here, and it's so much better, you know. And then, you know, even from the distillery perspective, you know, we wanted to when people walk down the stairs, you know, to have a little peek into the distillery. So we have we have uh, windows set up strategically where you peek, and then you look straight through. You see the pot, you know, and then the columns right next to it. So we kind of looked at it from a visual perspective how when you walk downstairs, you're like a kid in a candy store. You get a little peek. Then we put a, a, a big fire rated window, and you walk over, and you can look directly into whole manufacturing. It's beautiful. Yeah. And then using Coat, coat is really like an art. It looks like a piece of art. It's stunning. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's stunning, uh, and we want it to be like a showpiece. Um, yes, it's functioning. Yes, we can do well with with what we have, but it's a showpiece. It is gorgeous, yeah. really beautiful, and it and it fits the property. Yeah. And then, how many um, how many gallons can you produce actually with that with that still? I, so we can, so we're doing 500 gallons per run, which yields about about 155, 156 gallons per run. So we're really getting three 53 gallon barrels per run. Each run is four to six hours, depending on what we're running. So you know, with uh, with the night shift crew, we could probably get through, we could probably get five or six runs in a day. Uh, our plan is we're talking to a couple of other distillers who are looking for 
for distilling time. They're, they just have no capacity on their own. So they're actually talking to us about possibly coming in and doing like a night shift type scenario once we get our boiler up and running, which will be hopefully soon. Yeah. So you can do multiple shifts in these things. So I mean, yeah. we have we have the capacity with our license, obviously a farm distilling license, and I think that we're doing multiple shifts. You know, it's going to get busy here because what we're doing, our blend still, we'll be distilling. I mean, it's going to get very bad. Vodka, we've got a gin yeah. coming out, plus our own whiskey. We got to get in wood, so that yeah. starts aging. So you know, we're going to have a busy. It's going to be hectic. Yeah, busy fall, winter, leading into next year for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. And, um, any any plans for collaboration with with other distilleries locally? Because sure, we we did talk about that. It's like as as you know firsthand, the Hudson Valley is very centered around supporting it, itself and supporting each other. Yeah. Um, so I mean, are there any partnerships? Tell them have? to reach out to us. Yes. Yeah, so, ready. So for example, we're we're so Millhouse Brewery. There, there's there's somebody that we'll probably be doing some sort of collab with. They're going to be providing us with a private label. Uh, we're taking their Kolsch, their cold one, and uh, their light lager, and we're going to make it into a Hudson House beer. Uh, they're going to be doing a pop-up over here starting next week. Danny's going to bring over and do a couple menu items for us. And so we'll have some food running out of here. But doing a collab with them, taking some of our spent mash, baking it into a beer, and then vice versa, kind of figuring that stuff out, which will be kind of interesting. Um, but as far as the distilleries are concerned, yeah, we've been talking to a couple of people out of the city. and uh, uh, We're, we're in uh, everyday contact with the Speakeasy Motor guys. We're in the process of opening up theirs. Um, in Pine Bush mm-hmm. with Gardner Liquid Mercantile, so that was a collab that they're doing. Uh, so yeah, the whole idea is that we'll collab with anybody. We love that. Well, again, we're all about this community. We love this community. We love this area. We want to support the community in the area as much as possible. Like your ethos really does resonate with what Robin Robinson and I were talking about actually. Because if you're familiar with him, I did a uh, panel at BCB. Mm-hmm. BC, yeah, yeah, yeah. Down, it, down was, it was fun because we were talking about secondary and tertiary markets, and we were talking about fuchsia and how like I opened it up two and a half years ago in response to the fact that there was no like craft cocktail bars in New Paltz and ultimately we opened Tiki Bar and now like we become such a premier destination but it's so much fun because I get to hear other people's stories like yours and I'm like you know what these are guys that I want to work with these are guys right. I want to partner with because like they share the same mentality they once people get here and they walk through these doors, they're going to be blown away just by like every little detail. Here's a collab we can do. If you can figure out a way to do a New York State rum, let's do it. <laughs> I think we have the guys from Albany Distilling actually and find out like, what, what they're doing. And, like, they're probably using sugar. They have to be using sugar cane. The, the, yeah, there's there's just be. not enough sugar maple syrup. No, just... no, no. I mean, that would be a very expensive product. Oh, my yeah. God. That would, yeah. That's a lot of tap trees. Yeah, yeah. So now, what's what's the plans for the next year, next two years, next three years for you guys look like? So get a day off. Yeah, <laughs> maybe one day. So, so uh, we we're working on getting our commercial kitchen done, and then our ballroom finished. And once we get that done, we're looking at possibly putting our restaurant done, uh, which is on the rooftop of the red brick building over there. Uh, those are the next construction things. Those are the next things that we really want to focus on. Obviously, the kitchen is key to us. Opening without it was painful, but it was one of those cuts that we had to make because we knew we could survive without it for a period of time. And so, um, and again, it was one of those things where we had it designed and it's basically ready to go. We just have to pull the trigger with it. Uh, so that, that's kind of next. And then obviously developing our portfolio, um, we're going to be bringing on Dr. Franks, uh, very shortly, uh, from, from the Finger Lakes region as our sparkling. Um, like I said, Millhouse should be coming over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so continue to do those collaborations, continue to grow the property, show 
show people the property, start start introducing events to the property, and you know, making it grow like that organically. It's just yeah, there's there's just a lot of multiple multiple things going on at once, and it's just it's really again we want to make sure we do things the right way, we have the right partnerships. You know, we're already starting to work on batch two, so things we're not even open to the public yet, but in our preview phase, we've been doing exceptionally well. The, the response has been excellent for our bourbon and our rye, so we're actually having to plan ahead now for batch two because once batch is out, you know, we have to be prepared. We have to have a seamless transition to a batch two the minute it comes out. We just don't want to have shortages mm-hmm. and have gaps. Um, so we have to kind of make sure we plan things accordingly. And then, you know, with our grand opening is really uh, immediate in mid-September. Our grand opening is going to really kick off the property full-time, you know, or, or around the clock. And we're going to really be going. So um, there's a lot lot going on. But, um, I mean, what better job to come to the place like this every day? It's not it's not so bad. Yeah, no, no, it's, no, we could be doing worse. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a gorgeous property. And um, I'm very excited to see it grow and, and continue to contribute to the community. Now, with your spirits right now, who are you guys distributing with? Right now, we're self-distributing. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we've got. Uh, we're going. We're starting with an independent rep who's local to the area, uh, who reps a couple of distilleries. Who's good. Who's going to handle a lot of our off-premise accounts for us. Awesome. So we'll start working on that this fall and winter, while you know um, the, the the experience slows down a little bit um, for people showing up at the property due to the cold weather. Um, so that's the immediate goal. Um, we're going to work slowly and concentrically around the property because we want to start continually drive property people to the property. Um, so, you know, and then ultimately once we get up and running, we'll probably go back to that idea of doing private label spirits for all of my multi-unit operator friends, because that's a great business. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's not easy. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a, we have a lot going on, but, um, you know, back to the bourbon and the rye, we think they're, they're exceptional products. We're really excited about them. Um, but back to distribution, you know, we also don't want to bite off too much more than we can chew right now. And having limited batches, um, we encourage people to come here because really to, to see what we're doing, you have to really see it firsthand. You can see pictures. Our website's gorgeous, you know, but it doesn't do it justice. We really want the people here to really explain uh, the property. Obviously, they can listen to your podcast, which is awesome. Um, but really, it, it helps us. But I think we'll trickle out certain liquor stores, you know, start, start slowly and growing. But again, it goes back to we don't want to all of a sudden get ourselves in a caught where we don't have the product to support accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to make sure that everyone's supported and we kind of slowly, methodically can grow, get more bodies here and more people talking to their friends about it, sharing their experiences here and then getting their friends here. I mean, that's that's really how we want to grow this. It's like, you know, we do we, we painstakingly meet as many people as we can because we Personally. just... Like, Personally, we're, we're we, up we front. try to be in front of everyone because one, we're so proud. It's like you're you're you're, you're so excited to show off your kid. <laughs> you know, this yeah, is your so child. This is our second marriage. <laughs> Just so you know, this is our second marriage. We call each other work wife, and this yeah. is our. <laughs> but it's you know, you're so excited because what we went through was just it really was hell to have it look like this now and to see people and see their excitement. We want to just talk to them a little bit about, about this place. And I think they appreciate that. They'll, you know, I think they'll, they'll be growing loyalty going forward when they leave here. I think that they're just, they fall in love. Like well, we we've already seen it in the, in the three weeks, in the two and a half weeks that we've been open. We've had a couple of people become regular customers yeah. and just want to keep coming back and just hang out. It's amazing. It's phenomenal. It's a great response. Um, if anybody wanted to get in contact with you guys in the future, had questions about your products, about the venues, 
What's the best way to reach website. you? It, website, info or info at the Hudson House NY.com is the, that'll get to both of us. Email or, or visit yeah. our website, the Hudson House NY.com. Uh, they can jump on our Instagram Social at media. Hudson House Distillery is our, is our Instagram Facebook account. we're pretty so, quick uh, with too. So yeah. So any which way or just come on by, just come on by. Yeah. Yeah. Meet us, you know, we'll have <laughs> a drink by, with you. Have, have some fun with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's the other part. Well guys, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. No, thank Thanks, you. Man. Appreciate, appreciate it. it.